Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of the Play to Win podcast, a show where we break down the week's biggest gaming news through in-depth discussion. My name is Tyler. I am your host this week, and I am joined, as always, by my awesome, amazing, fantastic co-host, Karen. How are you doing, good sir? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, very busy week, very tiring. Uh, I essentially lifted a kitchen upstate up, you know, a flight of stairs this morning. So it was a lot of like back and forth, up and down with units and stuff. So my arms are a little sore. So you picked up the floor with the the the, the, the oven, the stove, the sink, yep. the fridge. Just lifted it all up at once. You are a yeah. true like you're a true Hulk. Did you just turn into like? Did you turn into <laughs> like Hulk to do this or like the thing? Just like all right, lifted yeah, it up no. Stairs. It, no, it, it was it was more like Popeye, you know, just chug a can of spinach and then just <laughs> lift up. Just brrr, all right, I'm nice and burly. You lift it up and then like you had the whole the whole body contortion, just the boop boop, your arm just like all doing all <laughs> exactly. like, wave, your torso just get lifted up, stretching up and down and everything, and like, all right, I'm yeah. strong now. Let's do it. Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly how it went down. It's been a while since I watched Popeye from Marines. I remember all that. Ah. <laughs> um, and you know that that makes me think people young kids these days. Probably don't know who Popeye is. Yeah, that yeah, is a yeah, shame. No idea. That is an absolute shame. Well, <laughs> I hope I hope it wasn't too um, strenuous lifting that kitchen yeah, downstairs. Nice, nice. Um, yes, this is episode seventy-eight of the Playwood yep. Podcast. Uh, remember, if you're on subscription services, not subscription podcast services, words just escaping me. Um, on podcast services, subscribe. Leave us a nice five-star review. It's appreciated. It's helpful. Helps out with that algorithm. Leave us that yeah. five-star review. Let people know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of the show uh, so we keep making making it better and better for you and everyone else yeah. out there. And if you are on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell so you know as soon as the video goes live. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Share the video with anyone and everybody. It's all, all very much appreciated. Yep. We thank you all for every like, every subscription, every comment. Uh, it means a lot to us. 100%. Um, this week... We, it, it was a big week and not really a big week. Like It's kind of like light news this week. We're yeah. going to talk about E3 2023. The dates have been announced. We got a little bit of information about how it's going to be laid out this year, or this coming year. Um, we got our first proper look at The Last of Us TV show with a proper trailer. Man, oh man. I've watched that trailer many times. <laughs> we'll talk about that briefly. Um, PlayStation Stars got some controversy going on with that this week as well. Not looking forward to when that hits uh, you know, worldwide. Yeah. And Google has officially shut down Stadia. Well, they are officially going to be shutting down Stadia in the yep. coming months. Uh, big news. Lots to talk about. Before we get into any of all that, though, um, we have important news to share <laughs> about play to win itself yeah um kieran with uh you know you have the floor share the news with everybody uh so uh i you know i've, I've been here since the start and i i'm gonna be i'm gonna be taking a little bit of a break uh i'm gonna be gone probably like four or five ish months to go and do some you know training for a, a job kind of not well Essentially, the work that's going on in my grandfather's house, I'm going down to help out the the joiner, the carpenter for the next few months. So long work days, not a whole lot of time. So I have tried to find a way to fit the podcast in my schedule. Unfortunately, it's, it doesn't work out. So I'm this is my last episode for a while. 
Yeah. Um, you said until when? About like what? February, March, yeah, maybe? Yeah, mid February, maybe slightly into March. Yeah. So it's um it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different for sure. It's gonna be an adjustment period, to say the least. Um But I will say, you know. Anyone who's been watching the podcast for a while, I'm sure you will agree that Tyler is an impeccable host and will take very good care of the show in my in my absence. And I trust him completely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> all that. Um no, but seriously, like I Karen told me this news before we recorded last week's episode. Uh, yeah. but we decided we weren't gonna announce it until this week because you know, wanted to take the week to for me to really think about okay what's the next move what makes the most sense and i mean when he initially told me i was initially thought okay i'll just keep doing things by myself you know things will be different things will be changed of course um but i'll just keep doing it by myself but i was like you know what let me take the week think about it before i just we announce things on this episode and all like that um so i thought about it during the week and yes the show will go on i will be the sole host of play to win podcast um i mean it's not the first time i've hosted the show by myself um this will just be the first time i'm hosting the show by myself in perpetuity (laughs) for for an extended amount of time not like a week or two here you know because someone's sick or anything you know it's for an extended amount of time i'll be the sole host um yep that said i you know i hope i'm hoping you know to try to get special guests on We'll try to get guests on for special episodes, I should say. So, like, uh, I'm, I would wanted to do a God of War Ragnarok like spoiler episode. Um, so, if we could get a guest on for that, that'd be cool. Or if Karen can get on for that, if he yeah. has time, that's awesome. Um, same for the Game Awards and Game of the Year. Uh, if I can get you know a, a guest on, or if, again, if Karen is available to be on for any of those episodes, by all means, uh, you know that is the plan. We'd like to get someone on. If not. I'll be doing them by myself. And I mean, I I have an idea in mind for how I would approach game of the year if I'm doing it by myself, um, a way that might, you know, add some little spice and razzle-dazzle onto it. Um, but I mean, these are all just plans and ideas in my head. And I do have plans in mind, brainstorming ideas of ways I could like try and spice up the main show to, I don't want to say keep things interesting, but to break up the hour hour and a half of just me talking about news and what i've been playing each week so there might be like a a new segment here you know with each episode here and there to you know to spice things up add something new something fresh to the show to keep the show fresh and not just an hour hour and a half of me talking about the news and what i've been playing and because i'll be the only one here if you know if they're if I'm playing the same game week to week and I don't have any substantial updates for that game, then you know what I've what we've been playing, what I've been playing just won't happen for like a week or yeah. two, depending on what the game is and what what you know my progress is looking like with it. So like it's gonna be an adjustment period. I'm gonna be feeling things out, seeing how things go. Um and if I feel like if I feel like the show is suffering with it just being me hosting, um because again, uh, since it'll be just me doing everything, it'll be me doing the hosting, me planning the episodes out, me editing the episodes, putting them together, in addition to like the other content that I plan to make for Play to Win. So like reviews yeah. and impressions, like those aren't going away. I still intend to do a review for Modern Warfare 2. I intend to do a review for God of War Ragnarok. Um, 
Maybe I'll be able to do a review for a Plague Tale Requiem. Literally depends on time. That's like days before Modern Warfare and, and all like that. We'll, we'll see how that works out and stuff. Um, but in addition to reviews and impressions and then me being behind doing everything for the podcast, you know, for long term, if I feel like the show is suffering, you know, then things might be put on pause for quite a bit until camera comes back. Um, or if I feel like, you know, if life stuff gets thrown in on top of that, it makes things even harder, then the show will probably be put on pause for a bit. Um, like I want to be completely transparent about that. Like I have every intention to keep things going, but if need be, and things are becoming too much or things are, this show is suffering and being harmed in any way, we don't want that to happen. Like no quality uh, is of the utmost importance. And yep. putting out good stuff, and if the quality is coming down because of you know these diff- these changes that are happening, then we'd rather put the show on pause, put it on hold until Kieran comes back. Um, yep, definitely. So that is quality, the plan. Quality right over quantity. Exactly, exactly. So that is the plan right now. Um, we'll see how things go. I hope you stick around with us. Thank you to anyone and everyone who has been listening Definitely. to the show the entire time all this time uh the support is and all is greatly appreciated um you know i'm gonna keep on trying my best to keep things moving along smoothly yeah. and you know hopefully even better than they have been who knows um so yeah the, that's all i that's all i really have to say you know stay tuned stick around of course follow the twitter and instagram at play to win game uh for yeah. updates on the show and everything uh I, i'm more active on the twitter Oh, uh, I'm I'm more active on Twitter, period. <laughs> um, but I'd say the Twitter is probably the the better the better place to you know to go to like if you want more updates on the show and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's all I gotta say, Karen. You got anything to say before we get into this week's news? No, nah, I don't think so. Well, I'm just that you know, I'll pop my head in when I can. You might see me once or twice over the next few months, and, and I will. Like I say, I intend to be back probably mid-February. Nice. I will say there's one awesome thing, though, about Kieran's absence. That one oh, awesome no. thing, I can rag on Hollow Knight all I want to and not I will, hear a single word from anyone. I will <laughs> delete the channel. <laughs> you could try. <laughs> but then you'd be harming everyone by doing well, that. Well, that's true. Okay. You, no okay, one would may- benefit from that. Okay, may- maybe I won't go that far. I I will find, you know, I, I won't play Persona 5 Royal when it comes to Game Pass. Okay, that's fine. Doesn't harm anyone except for you. <laughs> you missed out on an awesome game. Yeah, I have fair. Hollow Knight. I intend to play Hollow Knight at some point in time. Fair enough. You just harm I'll, yourself. Yeah. I'll I'll think of a way. Gonna rag all over Hollow Knight. If Silk Song <laughs> comes out over the holiday season, give it a one out of ten. <laughs> Too much holiday, I... not enough nights. Barely, <laughs> barely up to snuff no Silk Songs. <laughs> hornet, not an actual Hornet. <laughs> ah man, it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, look forward. Look forward to me ragging on this Hollow Knight. No, I'm just joking. I'm not gonna do that. Let's get into. This week's news, though. First up, let's talk about E3 2023. Like I said, we got the dates. The dates have been announced um, by E3 and Reed Pop, and it's kind of taking place in the same time frame as normal from June 13th to June 16th 
um, June 13th to 15th will be business days for the press and industry people to attend. June 15th to the 16th will be gamer days meant for the public to attend. The gamer days will take place in a separate hall from the business days. The public will be able to go hands-on with games and interact with devs, content creators, media personalities, and more and all like that. And they also announced, I forgot to put this in here, um, on starting on the 11th of June, uh, that's when there will be like the partnered streams or partnered yeah. um, digital events that you know companies might do. So like say if Microsoft is doing an E3 showcase, like that's when it, it would start, the partnered ones with E3 would start on the 11th. Um, so it's looking like E3 season, we're, we're starting to get some more information. Things are starting to fall into place more. Um, Kieran, thoughts? What do you what do you think about this? Because when I first heard this, when I first read this, I thought to myself, this is going to be, they're doing, they're taking the Gamescom model and applying it to E3, which is something yeah. that people have kind of asked them to do for a while. Because Gamescom has days that are meant for the press, and then they have days that are meant for the public. The public days are after the press days and all like that. So, and people have been saying for a long time, hey, E3, why don't you just <laughs> apply that model to you over here? Apply that model. It works over there. Why don't we try it over here? And it seems like that's what they're doing. And I think it's a good idea for them to do that. Yeah, I mean, so do I. Because I, I, I do think that having that separation between the days that are meant for business and the days that are meant for the public to take part will give it kind of what it's been needing, where it's not an entirely publicly focused event, which, I mean, is, is what people have been asking for for years. They've, they've been saying, no, just switch it back to how it was before, if, if I'm correct on that. Well, before it was only media, only press was allowed. Yeah. And then they started letting the public in, I think. Um, I want to say 2017, but that sounds yeah, wrong. It was um, it, that sounds wrong in my head. I don't know so. exactly off um for sure. If you could pull that up for me, please. But for the longest time, it was media only. And then in more recent years, they started to allow the public in. But the thing is, they had the public and the press in on the same days the entire time. So the press, it made it harder for the press to do their jobs because yeah. they're on these super long lines to play these games that were much shorter when it was just them in there doing what they needed to do. So then it became a thing of like, okay, we want to, you know, we're trying to make E3, uh, you know, bring in the broader appeal for it, you know, that we could get the people who enjoy watching E3 in on the show themselves, but it's at the detriment of the press who are there trying to do their jobs. And then the public are there on these super long lines too. It's crowded, so much going on. It's craziness. And like, no one's really winning or benefiting from that arrangement yeah. in any way, shape or form. So like that that's how it's been for a while and that's why you've heard calls for them to have business days have gamer days for the public and all like that if they want to keep the public in it yeah it was 2017 that they opened the doors to the public my dates I got them <laughs> in my head. um yeah I, there does need to be some separation between the public and press because like you say the, the press are there for a reason they're not there to you know just play games they're there to cover games they're there to you know have interviews and you know game demos and stuff like that so having them in on days before the public gets in and, and it will allow them to have more access to well more access to games because if they have to wait in super huge queues all the time then how are they going to get to play everything while they're there right. it, it's it's the same it's the same as, as like if you look at like disneyland right it's like 
when you have so many people in line for one ride, if you're only there for two or three days, you might not get to ride that ride. Right. Like think about at, on Disney when they opened the Star Wars section for that first time. Like yeah. they have when theme parks do this, where they open where they're opening up like a brand new section or whatever. What they do is they allow they have like a day or two or whatnot for the media to come and experience it themselves. That way yeah. they can write about it, you know, report on it, let the people know. That way when it's open to the public, every you know, then it's open to the public. Imagine if they tried to do that, like the like, oh, the test run with the public there as well as the media. Like that yeah. would try to like, you know, go on the rides or write about it. Like it would be a hot mess. No one it, it would just be terrible. Um so yeah, it, it, they needed to do this change for a while. Oh yeah, and I I also think it's a really smart decision to have the business hall and the gate and the public hall be separate. Yes, because even once the public come in, that's still not going to impact hugely on, or mm-hmm. I would think it wouldn't impact hugely on press because if you have say like, so, just going off you know talk about holiday. If they have Silk Song there for some reason, if it's not out by then, then if they have that in both the gamer and in the press hall and the um public hall then any press who want to go and play holiday night are not going to have to wait in a huge queue so i i do think that that is a very smart decision to have them in separate halls as well it is a very smart decision i forgot all about that now i wonder though do you think this is going to like result in a more successful e3 than it's been in recent years like this one singular change it's a big change don't get me wrong but do you think that it will result in an E3 that's more successful than it has been recently. Uh this one singular change? No, no, I do not. I like I I, I think I'm it will go a ways. I think it will go a ways to help it. But you need to get some of the bigger partners back. You you yes. need to get, you know, like I'm like obviously I'm not saying you need to get every single one, but like if you were to get, you know, EA back in or Ubisoft back in, or like I think the biggest one they could get would be PlayStation. If if yes. they got PlayStation 100%. back into E3, then that would go a long way and would potentially be enough for most people to call this a, like a successful E3, right? Yes. But at the same time, you can't just get PlayStation because, you know, not as as much as a PlayStation is a very popular brand and, and is, you know, world recognized and all that kind of stuff, not every single person on the planet loves PlayStation or loves PlayStation games. So I I would still say, you know, be awesome to get PlayStation back, but maybe shoot for a few more. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm a hundred percent behind with you on this one. I like, like you said, it will definitely help make this E3 more successful. Yeah. But if the peep, if the if the games aren't there, if the companies aren't there, then you're still left with an E3 that's kind of a shell of its former self. But now it's just more organized in terms of who's there. It's sort of like yeah. you know attendees that are there. <laughs> And all, yeah. so like they definitely it would be so great if PlayStation was going to be there, if Microsoft was going to be on the show floor, if Nintendo, Ubisoft, EA, Square, like it'd be so great if all these people were on the show floor. But it's still one of those things where the genie's at the bottle at this point. It has been at the bottle for a couple of years of yeah, everyone seeing that they could just do their own digital vi- conference, digital showcase, digital presentation at any point during the year, whenever they want to without having to pay the ridiculous fees to attend E3 because it's E3. They could do it yeah. on their own terms whenever they want to and save a bunch of money. So how do you entice people to come back to E3 when they've already been doing their own things for 
two, nearly three, it'll be three years by the time E3 comes around. Um, but two years at this point, Nintendo for even longer than that. So like, how do you, how do you do it? What do you do? And that, that's a tricky thing. And I honestly, I think that some companies will return as like a show of good faith. Like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, like we like to eat, we like to eat three, you know, we want to support E three at all like that. But I imagine some of them might still keep their bigger things for themselves. I think this year will be, I guess you could say, a test run to see kind of, yeah. how this new arrangement goes. And then after that, we'll see um, if more companies come back in like 2024, you know, what happens then. Because then there's also the thing of Jeff Keighley and Summer Games Fest. Yep. Now, Summer Games Fest, I believe, is still happening next year. I believe he said that it is. I don't remember. But I would think um, so. I, I don't remember exactly. Normally, sometimes he does right away. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, but um, when no, you know, normally when there's like showcase news or stuff that um that gets announced, like you know, regarding E3 and all like that, Jeff is right there afterwards with a cheeky tweet, like, "Hey, guess what, guys? Summer Games Fest is happening, though. <laughs> remember that thing?" And uh, there was a little tweet from Jeff afterwards after this about like Summer Games Fest next year. So I wonder, do you think that this is going to impact Summer Games Fest? Um, I I just looked it up. Summer Games Fest is happening next year and is okay. a physical in person event. That's what I so, thought. Um, I don't think it will have a hugely negative impact on Summer Games Fest because for the main reason, I think a lot of people are still going to be a, be a bit skeptical or or mistrusting of E three since the last mm-hmm. few years have really not been great. Yes, it's under. Uh, read, read pop, red pop yes. now. Um, pop. so like, yes, it's under them now, and I'm sure they are going to be trying their best to do, or to do a good as a good of a job as they can, and they have a lot of good standing, I would say, because of things like packs. But at the same time, you need to well, again, like we just said, you need to be bringing back some of the big heavy hitting companies, but you also need to make sure that like you're not relying on that because if you rely on that. And that doesn't have a big of big of an impact as you would hope. Then you're still kind of dead in the water. So you yeah. need to have things that aren't, you know, PlayStation's here. Yeah, everyone will be like, cool. But what else you got? Because you can't just have what three, four days of PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think that I don't remember if Jeff said that Summer Games Fest next Summer Game Fest next year ugh, next year is going to be open to the public. I know he just said it's an in-person event. Yeah. Uh, so if it's not open to the public, then Summer Game Fest might be, could potentially be better for media. Because, I mean, just based off the media impressions I heard this year, uh, people really people were really impressed and um, pleased by it. Now, you had your different stations and all. You are able to... It was like... It was a more... It was a smaller, more personal, intimate type of affair than yeah. e3 typically is so that might be better for press from one perspective um if it's open to the public then like e3 is then it's going to be a whole different story so yeah. and this isn't me trying to say that one shall live one shall fall no exactly i would love for both of them to thrive but it does pose an interesting question of okay if it would be 
the better one? How are each how is each event E3 Summer Game Fest in 2023? How are they going to benefit and differ from one another? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I think that's the most important question really is if you have both, which one which one do people go to? Like it I think it it would it would come down to, you know, I think for a lot of people it would come down to either who has you know, my favorite company, whether that be Xbox or PlayStation or Capcom or whoever it may be, and which one will will be open to the public. Because I, I can't find anything specifically saying that Summer Games Fest is open to the public. So yeah. if it's not, I think that will be a benefit for E3 because then more people will be like, okay, well, I can't go to Summer Games Fest. I'll just go to E3 instead because I imagine they'll be on around about the same time. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I mean, for most people, it will come down to where, you know, where are the games that I want to play? Because you, we usually get, bef- well, before like E3 or Summer Games Fest is on, we usually get a list of like, hey, here's who's going to be at this event. So yeah. once I, I think we will get a much clearer picture of which one could potentially succeed more when those lists come out. I wonder, I'm, I'm hoping that E3's new plan works out for the next year. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, w- I would love for E3 to succeed. I want E3 to thrive and live on. Uh, so hopefully this works out. And again, I don't think that this, you know, this plan is going to be like, I don't think that next year is going to be like, all right, this is it. It's going to work. And yeah. We're good to go. Like, it's definitely a test. It's a test to see how this works for E3, see what doesn't work. And then we pivot from there for 2024 and go on and improve on it. Um, so I either, I think I feel like I'm getting a hopeful, optimistic per, um, feeling from 2023's yep. E3. I'm feeling like with the new leadership, with these new plans, I'm feeling like that the 2023 show is going to be them rounding the bin, turning a new leaf of sorts. Like we're getting out, getting out of the slump it's been in for a while. And starting um, the road to recovery and like adjusting to the new day and age of games media and um, um, the dissemination of information and all yeah. like that. And this increasingly, increasingly digital age that we're in. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it goes well. Uh, really feeling optimistic about this one. Yeah, so am I. Now, we got some controversy to talk about. We were talking about PlayStation for a bit right there. We got some PlayStation controversy here. Uh, and it has to do with PlayStation stars. It's not NFTs. Still no <laughs> NFTs involved in this as of now. Um, but the controversy has to do with customer support, actually, surprisingly. Um, so PlayStation stars, it's going live at di- different times to um, worldwide. As of yeah. now, it is live in Asia. And it seems as if members of the highest tier of PlayStation stars will be getting priority when it comes to customer support. And this has rubbed people the wrong way. It's hard to disagree with them. Um, I'm reading this from a Kotaku article by Ashley Barton. Uh, She says here, PlayStation stars, a free to join rewards program Sony announced in July is being gently rolled out to the whole world. It's currently live in Asia, will reach Americas on October 5th, and Europe, Australia, and New Zealand will receive the service on October 13th. Not as gently, PlayStation might be pushing players to join the program by by deciding to prioritize high-ranking members' customer service requests 
the Japanese gaming website Automaton said. According to a translation of the site, one feature of, quote, PlayStation Stars is that the status level changes according to activity. Participants start at level one, purchasing a full game on the PlayStation Store and obtaining a trophy with a higher rarity than normal will promote you to level two, end quote. Buy full for buy four full price games and earn 128 rare trophies, and you'll hit level four, which comes with what Automaton, or rather that translation of it, describes as an interesting perk. Quote, in addition to getting various digital items when contacting PlayStation customer support, the chat order will be prioritized. People who are playing are given higher priority when responding to inquiries. It's an interesting mechanism. End quote. Don't like the sound of that one right there. That's nope. a bad move. <laughs> That's a not 100%. a great move right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh prioritizing people who like so uh, it would be like if I go into like Burger King, right? And if I <laughs> right, okay. just just stay with I'm me. I'm sticking like, with you. All right. So I go into Burger King and I order like just some fries, just like a medium fries, and that's it. And then somebody comes in behind me and orders like a Whopper meal, right? And then there's something, and then like I get my order, they get their order. I go into the queue first to complain about my fries, but then somebody else walks up and is like, oh, hey, there's a problem with my burger. And I'm like, dude, I was already here. Like, come on. So, I mean, priority, that was probably a bad analogy, but probably like, prioritize. Yeah, I, I feel like, like if I ever had an order wrong with my food at like a fast food place, like I have no problem like going up to the side and being like, "Hey, excuse me, like something's wrong with this order." Yeah, and they'll be like, "They'll take care of it." Sure, I I suck at analogies, but anyway, <laughs> um, like even still, so like even in anything, right? It's like if if I have a problem with my device, I don't want to be waiting in a queue that you know somebody else jumped in half an hour after me because they have a higher ranking, like you know, loyalty reward tier. Like right, that that just seems so. Oh, what's the word? Counterproductive. Backwards. Counterproductive, yeah. Backwards. Yeah. It it does because it's like customer support should be equal footing for everyone. And exactly. Like, I I understand giving incentives for higher tiers. That's totally fine. Giving incentives for higher tiers, yeah. but let the incentives like you know, not be things that put people on higher actual tangible pedestals than others you yeah. know what i mean like if you want to give someone like an exclusive playstation um profile id picture right or yeah. like if you're at the highest tier you get like some special like piece of merch for the month or whatever like i get like that'd be that'd be fairly harmless but customer yeah. support like that's something that should be the same across the board people shouldn't necessarily get like priority because you spent more money you bought more games than i did yeah ex exactly it, it's it's really silly especially when like playstation's customer support is already not the best like it, it's really not that great and earlier this year they removed like some of the twitter avenues for customer support for playstation as well mm -hmm. so like they're not they they've made customer support a bit more difficult already and this just like adds on to the problems with the customer support for playstation no, it was, it's just a, it's a move that didn't need to be made like why yeah. why is this the incentive that we're adding in yeah like exactly it's like like offer me like a discount on a game or something is like right. is like a high, is like a higher tier tier to your don't offer me queue jumping 
because that's just gonna annoy everyone exactly exactly like like you said if you want to give me oh here's like a I don't know, 15, like $20 off on the PlayStation store. Like here's a $20 yeah. code gift card or whatever for a PlayStation store. That's cool. That's totally fine. No one's going to be mad at that. But if you're rewarding, like the people who like get the cheap, the games that are like cheap trophies. So you buy a game for a dollar and you get like yeah, a platinum exactly. with like just by pressing every button on the controller. <laughs> yeah. Like for people who do that, or just like have a bunch of money to blow and buy four full price games just because they can. And now they're in the highest tiers. It's like, all right, I'm jumping the line, guys. Big money bucks over here. Just yeah. like that's it's not fair. It it's a silly no, thing. It's not. It shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, like like reward me for doing something that like I'm gonna be doing anyway, rather than trying to force this reward on me that is one counterproductive and two kind of backwards in terms of just like how your customer support structure should function yeah it's like like it does reward you for doing what you would do anyway getting trophies buying games and i think it's specifically buying games for the playstation store so like you know that's how they're tracking yeah. and all like that so like yeah it rewards you for doing something you do anyway but the reward is like you said the reward is the backwards part of it that's yeah. that's the weird thing where they need to reevaluate that to say yeah. the least yeah uh, maybe maybe address that quite soon not a good move at all bad sony bad bad sony yeah we don't we don't like this we we strongly encourage you and implore you to please change yep. this 100 percent. all right let's, that's enough of the uh that's enough of some negative nancy playstation yep. news we got some positive some fun exciting playstation news to talk about we got a trailer this week a teaser trailer, I should say, for The Last of Us TV show, our first proper look at this show. I was already excited for it before. I was looking forward to it, you know. Neil Druckmann is working on it as well directly on the show. Pedro Pascal is playing Joel. I forgot the name of the girl who's playing Ellie, and I feel so bad for that. Um, but two great actors right there. Um, Craig Manson, he worked on Chernobyl. He's working like directly working on this show. Like everything about it seemed like it just had all the right potential, everything that needed to be done to make this a great show. Did you get her name? Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. There you go. I, I, I forgot the name, but I didn't know that. Thank you for bringing, thank you for um, bringing it here. Um, but now after seeing it, we got like a 20 second tease earlier in the year. It's probably like an HBO max sizzle reel yeah. of sorts. This is our first proper look. And boy, oh boy. This show looks amazing. <laughs> I agree. I am like I, I I like on some level I was excited about it because I I'm always interested to see like what they will adapt a game into like or how it will look when they adapt a game into a TV show. Yes. Um, this is looking real good. This like, is looking as, amazing. As as much as I am not the biggest fan of the games, that I I am definitely going to be checking out the the show when it comes out. Like oh my god, you played the first one, right? Or you just, you just didn't finish? Yeah, it? I I didn't finish it, but I played. I well, apparently I played most of it. How far did you get in it? Uh, I I don't know specifically like where in the game I left off. I can tell you I played maybe like five or six hours. Did you meet Bill? Who's Bill? Big guy. Uh, I I couldn't tell. Like it, it has been years since I have played The Last of Us. 
Okay. Maybe you didn't meet Bill. All right. Um, well, this show looks awesome. I'm very excited for it. The trailer, it it gave us just like teases, barely any dialogue in this trailer, really. But it showed us a lot of different locations from throughout the game. So we see um the I believe it's Boston that they start the game in. So we see like the Boston safe zone that they start the um, that they start the game in. Mm. We see some shots of the museum that they end up going through um at a certain point in the story. We do see some shots of Bill in the um, in the trailer. Bill played by Nick Offerman from Parks of Recreation. He was Ron Swanson on that. Um we see a few shots of Bill in there. Um we see some shots of the day everything just goes down um, in the trailer when the infection first starts really spreading and uh, every the day marked as outbreak day I should say we start see some shots of that. Um, we see a few shots. We saw a shot of Left Behind as well, the Left Behind DLC, which I'm very happy that they are incorporating into this um, mm. because it's a it was really it was released as DLC. Um, for the first game and it's like a prequel it's a prequel story to the last of us okay um that kind of takes place a bit before the first before the game starts um not long before but a bit before the first game starts and it's focused on ellie and it tells a really great story and i was hoping they would have it in here like it just makes sense for them to include it yeah so it's awesome that that's going to be involved here in some way shape or form um i'm very excited for this I think um, like they're getting the look of the show down for sure. The feel, the tone, the atmosphere, they're just nailing it all so well. And I, I was, like I said, I was excited for it. Um, but this just hit my excitement levels to the roof. Yeah. I mean, like, I, again, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the games. I, I've, I've tried one. So like I I wouldn't be able to recognize you know this is this scene from the game or this is you know this part of information but like as in what am I trying to say as far as like games being made into TV shows goes this looks like it could be one of the better ones. Oh yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent positive this could. I think it's very likely that this will end up being the best video game adaptation we have ever received. I am I'm feeling very confident in saying that. Like Pokemon, great. Um, Sonic, I haven't seen it, but everyone said you know that that's done really Thought well. Sonic was really good. Um, people like to talk about the original Mortal Kombat movie as a great one. Um, but I think The Last of Us, I think it's poised to take the crown. It's yeah, I was, like I, it. I, I'm glad you didn't bring up Halo because that was going to be a, a, a no. <laughs> I would never have said Halo. I never in my <laughs> life would have said Halo. No, yeah. never, ever, ever, ever would I have said that. I know that show has staunch defenders. No. <laughs> no. 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 Um, I I like how, um, you know, they're kind of just getting some of the shots shot for shot as well. So the shot in the trailer, where it's raining and they're they're like you kind of see them running on the street and the camera pans up. You see, mm. uh, the lightning and then you see the building like leaning on the other one like and they're both destroyed and everything like that is kind of like a shot for shot recreation of a moment from the actual game and all like that where uh you have um you have a couple characters i'm not gonna say who just because for anyone who hasn't played the game got a spoilers i mean it's not really a spoiler it's early enough in the show and early yeah. enough in the game but you have some characters like going towards um they're trying to like get out of the the area that they're in 
and they end up, you know, they're going towards going down the street, and in the background, you see those two buildings, just like, just like that. So I saw that shot. I was just like, oh my god, it's that moment in the game. It's that <laughs> part. Seeing some of the clips from Winter, I'm like, oh my god, the Winter section. It's gonna be crazy. Outbreak Day looks insane. Like seeing the plane come crashing down on the street during Outbreak. That did not happen in the original game. That didn't happen. So seeing that, I was just like, what? They are just really, really enhancing that, that moment in time right there. Like that Outbreak Day part is going to be wild to watch. I am so looking forward to it. And I feel like we can't not talk about we can't talk about this trailer without talking about the clickers. That noise was just like I, I like I, I heard that and I'm like that sounds exactly like I want like I thought it would. It's so good. And then the quick tease of a clicker at the end. Mm-hmm. So good. It, it it really does look like it's gonna be so good. Like they nailed mm-hmm. the look and sound. 100%. Like Oh my god! Like I, I wonder how many infected we'll see in the show. Like, of course, we'll see like, you know, like the we'll see the people that are like infected and everything. Yeah, I wonder how many of the like the clickers we'll see in the show. There are others like there are bloaters in the show as well. Well, in the game, oh yeah. Um, the first time you encounter a bloater is in Bill's town. That's why I'm wondering if you got that far. Um, but I wonder like, oh. Are we going to see a bloater in the show? Like, how are they going to look? Uh, it's just, it's set up to be so good, man. Is is Bill the person you get the car from? Yes. Yes, then I have met Bill. Okay. Yeah, and then like we yeah. get the whole, the Pittsburgh section. We saw some clips of that in the show, in the trailer as well. Um, Marlene is in the show, is being played by the same woman who voice acted her and did the most oh, for cool. her in the game, which is awesome. Uh, people are still wondering wh- who Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson yeah, are be playing in the show. Question. Have no idea yet. Apparently, they have important roles. Everyone's theorizing that they're going to be Ellie's parents. It's possible. Um, yeah. we never saw Ellie's parents in the games. We only ever heard of them. So, hey, it's possible. That'd be a nice little Easter egg right there. It's like a flashback yeah. of sorts. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about The Last of Us TV show other than this looks incredible. This looks amazing. I think this will be the best video game adaptation we ever receive um, upon its release. And this is only season one. Like it's yeah. only season one, and it looks like they're going to do the entire first game in season one. So I wonder if we get a season two, when that will be, and if season two would be about part two. And if we do That's anything right. more, than, well, like if we do a season two, is it going to be the same actress playing Ellie? Because Ellie gets aged up like five years. Yeah. Like that. So it wouldn't be the same actress. And if we do, if we, they decide to do like a season three, is it doing more of season, like is it doing more, more of part two or is it going to go in like in its own direction at a certain point? Like I wonder what the future of the show holds. But for now, season one of The Last of Us TV show, looking like it's going to be great stuff. Yeah, uh, just one quick thing. When I was watching the trailer, like it didn't click in my head, or I didn't, I didn't recognize Bella Ramsey in this. 
um most people will probably know her as playing um Lyanna Mormont in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And like that that didn't click in my head. I I didn't know it was her until I looked up for podcast just now. I'm like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Two Game of Thrones alums right there. Yeah. Alums. I, I said alums. Alums. <laughs> it's the correct pronunciation of that word. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. Can't wait for it. We don't have a date. Just 2023. So just 2023, yeah. Sooner rather than later, please and thank you. I'm eager to watch that <laughs> show so badly. Eager to watch it. Uh. All right, Karen. Have you heard of something called a um a compliment sandwich? Uh, yes, I I've heard the term before. I think. Yeah, a compliment sandwich is when you like you have bad news to break to someone. Yeah. So you give them yeah. the, you give them like the good in the beginning, then you give them the bad in the middle, but then you end it with another like a great compliment in the end. Yeah. We're kind of doing the inverse of that. We're like we started with some good, got some bad in the middle, got some good again. <laughs> We're gonna end with some not so great news yeah. this week. Um, <laughs> Google is shutting down Stadia. It is officially ending the entire thing. Earlier this year, they announced it was either earlier this year or no last year. It was earlier last year when they announced that they were going to be shutting down their first party studios. They weren't going to be doing yep. any more in-house development, um, but Stadia was going to live on, you know, continue to be its own thing. That is no longer the case as of this week. Um, it's yeah. got announced in a statement from Phil Harrison. I will read the statement. I'll, I'll read it in full. It's not that long. Okay. So stick with yep. me here. Interesting statement we got. From the mouth of Phil Harrison himself, the vice president and general manager of Stadia. For many years, Google has invested across multiple aspects of the gaming industry. We help developers build and distribute gaming apps on Google Play and Google Play games. Gaming creators are reaching audiences around the world on YouTube through videos, live streaming, and shorts. And our cloud streaming technology delivers immersive gameplay at massive scale. A few years ago, we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected, so we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. We're grateful to the dedicated Stadia players that have been with us from the start. We will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store and all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia Store. Players will continue to have access to their game's library and play through January 18th, 2023, so they can complete final play sessions. We expect to have the majority of refunds completed by mid-January 2023. We have more details for players on this process on our help center. The underlying technology platform that powers Stadia has been proven at scale and transcends gaming. We see clear opportunities to apply this technology across other parts of Google, like YouTube, Google Play, and our augmented reality efforts, as well as make it available to our industry partners, which aligns with where we see the future of gaming headed. We remain deeply committed to gaming, and we will continue to invest in new tools, technologies, and platforms that power the success of developers, industry partners, cloud customers, and creators. For the Stadia team, Building and supporting Stadia from the ground up has been fueled by the same passion for games that our players have. Many of the Stadia team members will be carrying this work forward in other parts of the company. We're so grateful for the groundbreaking work of the team, and we look forward to continuing to have an impact across gaming and other industries using the foundational Stadia streaming technology. It's the end of his statement. Yep. 
Well, ding dong. The Reaper has come. <laughs> the Reaper has come, claimed his body, and is moving on. Let's get his next yeah. victim. Did, did we see this coming, Karen? What, what are you thinking? Yes. Like, like I'm, I'm sorry, but we did. Like, we like we called this, I don't know how many months ago. Like, we didn't give, like, you know, specific dates or timeline or anything. Like, I think we guesstimated as to when we think Stadia would be shut down. But, like, we, we talked about this for, for a while, a while ago, saying that we, like, once they shut down their first party studios, we were like, huh, that's probably not a good sign uh and like i think we've talked about just like how popular stadia was uh, like like, over the course of the podcast and the answer to that is just not very yeah consumer wise it was never really all that popular amongst the mainstream people yeah like i i don't know if it was the original business model or if it was just decisions they made along the way or if it was the lack of first party content on the on the um service that led to its demise but yeah we 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 saw this coming we we called this a while ago well here's the thing like people called this in the moment stadia was announced because google had a track record of announcing a thing and then dropping it dropping support for it like not long after and yeah. they um phil harrison from rank he did a reddit ama shortly after stadia was announced and someone asked him like hey so like how can we trust you all to actually go and support this? And like, what if, if you all drop it, what happens to our stuff? And Phil Harrison, I'm paraphrasing, but was like, no, yeah, we're fully committed to gaming and stadia and streaming and yeah. all like that. We're going to be sticking with this for years to come, so on and so forth. And it just like proved everyone right here. <laughs> like that was part of why people had little to no faith in stadia. That was part of why people didn't want to get invested in stadia. Part of it was, and I think a majority of the reason came down to the business model it was a streaming only service where you had to buy all your games full price in yeah. order to play them on the streaming service so like you never owned any of the games you had it was strictly buy our games here buy your games here so you can stream them and that it that, that it just didn't really make sense for so many people to do that like it's very it's the it's like the inverse of what i believe nvidia's geforce now does where it takes your library of games from another platform and you can stream them on there that's how nvidia's geforce now works i think so yeah i'm pretty sure that's how it works yeah i've I've never used it myself neither have i but i remember i believe that's how it works i know that other publishers were like once g nvidia was taking it more public people were like removing their games from the service like wait no 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 no. we don't want to do this we don't want to do this at all like that yeah um it's like you know the complete opposite of xcloud which is any game in your yeah. library that can be streamed, you can just stream in here. Like you can play it to the cloud. Yeah. Um, so the business model and the lack of faith in Google were the things that harmed Stadia from the start. Like I remember when people were first testing it out, everyone said that the tech was great. Like everyone said that it ran well, it yeah. worked well, like from a tech perspective, but it was literally the business model behind it that had people like raising eyebrows like why would i pay full price to play my games here on your streaming only service there's no way to download them there's like why would i do that yeah at all when that's I just the thing play them somewhere else and buy them and own them and all like that on my console um in addition to also the um also the fact that you know like cloud streaming it's a streaming only service 
is not really viable for gaming in the current day and age. Like yeah. as a supplementary offering, like X, like Xbox Cloud Gaming, um, is supplementary to your core console, core you know, offline yeah. um places play um play playing approach that yeah um, it's supplementary, but it's not yet ready for like the prime time main stage. This is the way to play your games. It's the only way to play your games. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like. Why would I go on a platform where I have to pay seventy dollars to play this game? That if my internet goes down, I'm kind of stranded. I'm stuck. Can't do anything. Whereas if I just go and spend the exact same money on something I potentially already own, and be able to download it, why would I go to Stadia? And okay. I, I also think that it was partly down to just not having the support they needed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, yes, Google has a track record of, you know, being like, oh, we're going to be the best at this and then not being the best at it. But I'm I'm just, I'm wondering how, how fully into it Google went behind the scenes. Like if, if they, you know, if they did give all the support that they could to Stadia or if they were like, we're just going to give you like what you need to get by and see how it goes before we pump a whole bunch of funds into this i feel like it's a mixture of the two because they it's like it's on record that they spent millions of dollars to get like yeah. big games onto the service like red dead like destiny like other like a sat someone has a screen gives a thing they spent millions of dollars to get those games onto stadia so like they were willing to front the bill to get these big games on to try and entice people over but they they didn't want to stick behind it long enough to invest in their own first party studios so they can build up their own games like that, which I think I believe a big reason behind that was because they saw what happened when Microsoft bought um, bought Bethesda and they saw the buying price behind that. And they were like, nah, we're out. We can't. We yeah. can't comp-. They're like, that's how much it's going to cost for us to like compete and get into this field. We're not doing it. We're out. So it's, it's a shame when you see Google, a company as big as Google, <laughs> bouncing out. They're like, yeah. "What? We got all this money, but we're not going to invest it. We don't want to spend that much money to get into the game space." Like, it's like they wanted to try, they wanted to get in with in an innovative way, which I can't fault them for. But yeah, exactly. Like they saw, they saw that they couldn't do it the e- the quick and easy way, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to bounce out because we can't do it quick and easy. It's going to take years and a lot of hard work and dedication." And we don't want to commit to that. And that is where it's just like, you didn't even really try. Like, when you wanted to get in, I commend you for the way you wanted to, like, you, which how you wanted to push the industry, but you didn't even try, really. You didn't stick around long enough to try. Um, and I, that, I, I want to bring up that point a bit later on um, about the, that, you know, Microsoft's acquisition causing them to back out from uh, first party development. Because uh, I want to go back to a bit to just how this is affecting the industry and like yeah. people at, at large. Uh, apparently, developers at studios and Google employees had no idea this was going to happen. Like people at the at, mm. people at Google had no idea this was going to happen until like the morning of. Uh, like Kotaku has a report uh, where I'm paraphrasing a bit here. Where like employees like they came in, saw an email, hey. Hop on for a meeting at this time about like with important updates for Stadia, mm. and then they're like, "Oh, I wonder what it is." Stadia shutting down. What? <laughs> what? Ha- what's <laughs> happening now? Like 
some um some game developers were talking with their Google Stadia contacts like the earlier that week about stuff regarding their game mm-hmm. coming to the platform. Like some people had games coming to the platform in the coming weeks and days or even months, and they're like, "All right, what's happening with my game now?" Yeah. Um, what's happening with the funding for my game? Do I have to pay that money back? What's what's happening? And like, that's an awful look, just blindsiding everyone like that. Like, if you're gonna make a decision like this, let the employees know ahead of time, ahead of the announcement. So, and then let the developers and publishers know ahead of time. That way, they can make the moves they need to make so that everyone is taken care of. Because now you have Ubisoft and Bungie and IO out here scrambling to look for solutions to get their stadium players save data onto other platforms. And yeah. like I saw some a screenshot of someone who was like, I have like thousands of hours in Red Dead 2. <laughs> what do I do? It's just like, yeah. now great. I don't know how if that was photoshopped or not, but regardless, like it paints a clear picture of like people could be dedicate so many hours into these games. And like if the if the service is shutting down, what happens? Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like I I can understand from a business perspective why you would want to why you would want to wait and announce this last minute because obviously you don't want like with the world is like as digital as is leaks happen constantly so I would assume to avoid because I assume it's also you know their stock price took a big hit because of this right and I would assume that they would want to put that off for as long as they can to prepare for it because they would have known that their stock price was going to take a big hit because of this. So I can get from a business perspective why they would want to wait and not, you know, be like, hey, we're going to make an announcement that we're shutting down Stadia in three weeks. But at the same time, like you said, I would honestly rather do that and have good faith with these companies like, you know, Ubisoft, IO, Bungie, and your employees and all the people who were away to put their games on your service rather than being like, yeah, that's not happening anymore. We're shutting it down. All right, peace. And they're like, hang on, what am I doing now? Like, how do I navigate right. this? Right. And like, you got to feel like, I feel for the devs, but I, I also feel for like the employees at Google who yeah. were like, who were thinking everything was happy go lucky. And now they're like, oh, wait, I don't know how to help my contact at this developer at this yeah. indie dev over here. Like, I don't know how to help them. I, wasn't prepared for this. I just found out two hours before you did. What do I do? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I also think it, a, a lot of people at Google might be like, screw the devs. Do I still have a job? Right. I'm sure some people are thinking that. And I yeah. saw people point out like, this is exactly, this is very similar to what happened when they announced that the first party studios were going to be closing down. Because like the reports came out that like a week prior to that, Phil Harrison was like, Oh yeah, things are going great. We're doing well. Great job, guys. Keep up the good work. Week later, yeah. we're shutting everything down. No more first party studios. We're not doing it anymore. Just like, what? Come on. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, like it it must suck though. Like like you say, they'll they go in that morning, they're like, Hey, I love my job. I'm gonna go to work, gonna do my gonna do my stuff. What do you mean I don't have a job anymore? What right. what do you mean? What do you mean it's shutting down? So like, at least maybe tell your employees a little bit before and have like an actionable plan in place. Like, hey, you're not out of a job; you're just moving departments, or you're just you know yeah. you're being moved over here. So that's real crappy to do. Yeah. And I, 
and well, I mean, like we said, Google has a history of doing it, which I hope, which I would have hoped they would have stopped. Because if you think about it, it's like I would always, I would almost kind of consider that like false advertising, false marketing, kind of to be like, oh, like obviously in more businessy terms, but to be like, oh, everything's fine, everything's hunky dory. When in actuality, you're like, yeah, we're just a way to kill this. We're a way to shut it down. Yeah, I mean, when they closed the first party studios, they did say that they were moving those employees different parts of the company so i imagine the same thing will apply here and happen here as well but uh big question here do you think this like does this give you like any reservations about cloud streaming future for gaming like and i when i say cloud streaming i mean cloud only future of gaming because you know everyone says that's the direction things are headed in where it think we're just gonna be streaming our games like that it's not gonna be having a hard copy off a disc or anything like that. It'll just be a cloud-only future. Does this give you any reservations about that at all? Because for me, I I think that... I don't, I don't know if it does. Well, I mean, it just... It already exemplifies... It, it exa- I don't know if I say exacerbates, but it highlights, you know, my concern about cloud-only cloud yeah. streaming, which, you know, like... If it's gone, it's gone, which I mean is the same thing for any online-only game out there. But for me, I don't necessarily think that this spells the end of a cloud streaming future for gaming. I don't know if this necessarily even delays a cloud streaming future for gaming. For me, I think, again, Google's Stadia's main flaw was the business model. The technology worked, and apparently it worked really well. I mean, I remember when Cyberpunk came out and it was like a mess on basically every platform. Stadia was one of the only places you could actually play it pretty well. Yeah. Um, that was one of the times it got positive buzz. Um, so like the tech works, the business model just did it. So I, I feel like, you know, there is still a future for cloud of for cloud streaming in regards to gaming. And I think we're still going to get to that future, um, you know, Internet speeds will improve over time. Latency will improve over time. Um, more, there will be more games available for streaming over yeah. time and all like that. It's just a matter of having that business model solved and figured out. And at least in my eyes, keeping it as an option, as a supplementary option. I don't, I fear for the future where cloud streaming is the only way to play games. Yeah. I, I don't want that, like, even if internet is, like, peak performance come that time, like, I'd still be hesitant to, like, you know, get so invested in that, because that, it's it's not the ideal way in my eyes to play a game. In my eyes, the ideal way to play a game is, you know, plug into my TV, you know, I'm not streaming it, I'm playing it, you know, locally yeah. myself, like that. Um, yeah, have it like downloaded onto exactly. onto a, onto sto- onto storage you can physically see or control. Right, not with the cloud streaming. So yeah. I that that's what I see. I don't think it's delayed. Um, I think it's still going to happen. Uh, but you know, it's all about the business model. I think this proves that. A hundred percent does. Like it, it it doesn't give me any new reservations about like a cloud streaming cloud gaming future does reaffirm the things that like the reaffirm the um the like worries already had you like you said you mentioned a lot of them like you know what happens when my internet goes down what happens when the service goes away what happens when you know 
there, there's a natural disaster in my area and I am without, I mean, obviously in that situation, I'm sure, you know, the first thing on my mind is how am I going to play destiny when a tornado just tore through my house? But right. like at the same time, it's like, those are genuine concerns. I think a lot of people have like, I honestly, the biggest concern for me is if it does move into a cloud only future, which I, I'm with you, I don't want it to, I want it to be, I would like, even if cloud is the primary way you play your game, but you are still able to like download it and have it on your system, then like how good is the performance going to be? Like internet speeds mm -hmm. would have to, or have to be probably, I'm going to say like 10 X than, than what they are now in, in certain areas. Like I'm yeah. so in, in the house that we live in now, I like, I almost have gigabit. Like I almost have gigabit down. I think I get like a hundred megabits per second up, which is fine for me, but like I'm a way to move to a house where I get less than a hundred megabits a second down. So it's like, Wow, like I am absolutely not going to be able to use xCloud on that because I've tried xCloud on that internet and it doesn't work or at least it doesn't work well like I can obviously still load into the game or anything but like it does not play well like playing Forza you can't control the car so uh -huh. if you are gonna if you are going to have a, a future where cloud is the primary or the only way to play your game the internet is going to have to like go leaps and bounds before that's able to happen and i don't see that happening in the next 10 years i i i, I really don't so it it reaffirms the the worries i already had i don't think it, it entirely gets rid of the possibility of a cloud streaming gaming future yeah neither do i it, it's gonna happen at some point yeah um i think so long as it remains supplementary not primary not the sole way I think yeah. things will be good. Don't structure your cloud streaming business around having to buy the full price games. Like yeah. let it be a thing where you can connect it to a library that you already have and you can stream the games like that or have it be a subscription service where you subscribe and you can play any of these games on it, you know, streaming yeah. and all like that. Have something like that be the case, but um, having to buy the games full price, that's, I don't think that's, that's never really going to go well or go over well for many of you people out there. Um, so I definitely feel for the employees, both at Google yeah. and any developer that was working on games over there. Um, I feel for any players who were, you know, really invested in Destiny, um, not Destiny, in Stadia, and are now looking for ways to get their game saves over to other platforms. Um, also, little fun anecdote here: Destiny, uh, the the team over at Bungie, they said that like they used Stadia for test for like play um, for test plays when they would you know do a work from home they used it to you know for like for test stuff and all like that so like it goes beyond just the player side of things like you know devs would use it for their own purposes as well so like yeah. it's a shame to see it go it's a it's a shame to see like, it go even if like no one respected it and even if no one had faith in it well let me say even if very few people respected it and very few yeah. people had faith in it it's still a shame to see stadia go because I feel like there was potential there, it, but like we said before, Google just wasn't committed for the long haul, for the long, for the long run, on on you know like making Stadia what it could be, building it up. Especially since like, since like apparently it was still missing features that they had promised like with, before when they first announced it. So th there's a lot going on there. Um, another fun little anecdote that came out amongst all this: apparently Google passed on an exclusive single player follow up to Death Stranding. Like they were gonna 
do this. They had like talking with Kojima about having an exclusive follow up to Death Stranding. It was going to happen. They were talking about it, and then they found out it was single player. They were like, "Yeah, no, that's not what. That's not where we want. Um, that's not what we want the game to be. We're not." They. I, it was like I'm paraphrasing the wording here, but they were like, "Yeah, no, like single player is not the future. We're not interested yeah. in that." It was just like, "Okay, well, that's not happening." <laughs> Do you want do you want another fun little tidbit? What's another fun little tidbit about this? Uh, I'm I'm looking on eBay right now, and it's like just I was curious, and it was like Google Stadia Stadia controller collector's item. <laughs> I mean, it is at this point. It is. It at this is point. technically yeah. So I mean, if 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 you want to, you know, your grandkids are gonna come to you in thirty years, be like, Grandpa, what's that? Oh, this is a Stadia controller, kids. You can buy one on eBay for like a tenner. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a paperweight in the future, but it'll yeah. be it's a it's a piece of gaming history. It'll be there it right is, alongside yeah. the Ouya. <laughs> Remember Ouya people? Remember that? Yep. <laughs> oh boy, Ouya was a funny story. So that's all our news this week. All our main news. Uh so yep. let's get into our brief mentions, which really not a lot of brief mentions this week. Um, surprisingly, normally there are quite a bit. But I feel like these are the these are the only notable brief mentions that we need for this yeah. week. Um, so let's get on into them. Sackboy, a big adventure, has finally officially been announced to come to PC on October 27th. It was first leaked like months ago. And then yeah. it's crazy because even the day it was officially announced, it was leaked like a few hours early because the trailer went live early. So it was like, <laughs> all right, well, that's happening. Um, so that's coming to PC October 27th at long last. Something that is not coming for another bit of time yet again. Skull and Bones has been delayed for a fifth time to March 9th, 2023. The official statement's all about, you know, need more time to polish and fluff it up and stuff like that. Hang on. Uh, Hang on. No, really? I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, when you when your game's coming out the day before God of War Ragnarok, you either move or you dig in like Sonic. And they yeah. said, "No, well, we're gonna we're gonna sail our ship quite a ways down. The, we're gonna go for another expedition around the sea before we yeah. come back to this to this location." Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. Obviously, if you need more time to work on it, take more time to work on it rather than release it half baked. But at the same time, everyone saw this coming. I'm sorry, like this game has been delayed, delayed, delayed. Of course, it was gonna get delayed again. I kind of wish it held its ground like Sonic is appearing a bit, to, yeah. just for the fun of it. It's like, <laughs> you think you can? All right, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. And I also wonder, obviously God of War is going to be the big one, but I, re- I really wonder, like, between Skull of Bones and Sonic, I feel like Sonic would have come out on top between the two of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> like, reception-wise and sales-wise, I'm so positive Sonic would have been the one to come out on top. Yeah. I you, wish you I could never... see that happen. You never know. Skull and Bones might have dominated. It might, it might, it might have been like Sonic, boom. God of War, boom. Screw everything else. Skull and Bones is dominant. Nah, I Sonic <laughs> Sonic got the Sonic hype behind him. I'm sorry. The Sonic cycle yeah. is a thing for a reason. <laughs> uh, especially with a game like Frontiers, which is doing a whole new thing with the Sonic. So I feel like yeah. Sonic would have come out on top. Out on top. Uh, Skull and Bones just didn't have a chance. <laughs> didn't have a chance, but I would have loved yeah. to see that bout go down. Oh, man. <laughs> We got the PlayStation Plus Essential games for October. These are the three free games that PlayStation Plus Essential members get, you know, the very bottom tier of PlayStation Plus. They are Injustice 2, Super Hot, 
both for PS4. And it, it's super hot. It's not the VR version, just the regular P- console PS4 version. Um, and then Hot Wheels Unleashed for PS4 and PS5. I think that was a solid month right there. And had I not played Injustice 2 on Game Pass a couple months ago, I would be playing it now. <laughs> but I will still add it to my PlayStation Plus library. That way, if I want to play it on my PS5, I can. Yeah. Um, super hot. Seems It's cool. I've never played it, but that's mainly because I want to play it in VR and not on a console. Um, but Hot Wheels Unleashed. I'm going to jump in on that because everyone was raving about that game yeah. when it came out. And I'm like, you know, I might want to give that a shot. So it's coming to PS4, PS5, or PlayStation Plus. I'm going to hop in on that one for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're making the right choice waiting to play Super Hot in VR because I've played it both on with a controller and in VR, and it's much better. That's always the impression I've got from the moment that game was like, yeah. when I first saw it I, and I knew it was a VR, I was like, I'm that that's gotta be the way to play this game. It just has to be. 100 percent is. Actually, I think the first time I ever saw it was VR. I didn't know a console version existed until sometime after. So that's why a VR version of it has always been in my head. Because I'm just like, it's just gotta be so much cool. Like a bullet's flying your way, and you just move your head out the way. <laughs> just like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Gameplay for the Dead Space remake will be revealed on October 4th. Perfect way to start off the spookiest month of the year. Yeah, very excited for that. Take two is no longer publishing the next game from People Can Fly, which is codenamed Project Dagger. Uh, this game had been in development for two years, apparently. Uh, People Can Fly will retain the rights for to the IP, but they will have to pay back the money they received from Take Two based on how they released the game. So either if they self-publish it or if they release it with another publisher they'll have to pay back the money one way or another. Yeah. Um, interesting little tidbit amongst us in this announcement. They, the, this game, Project Dagger, is one of seven projects that they have in the works. Oh. Very interesting. I think yeah. like one of them is with Square Enix. A couple are like being self-published games. They, they got a lot of stuff in the works over there. A lot of stuff yeah. in the works. Looking forward to seeing what these things turn out to be. Cyberpunk 2077 in the news for great reason this week. It has sold 20 million copies. CDPR previously announced in April that 18 million copies had been sold. So, and since then, that's what uh, six months? Yes, no, five, five because this was announced in September. Five months. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, today is October 1st, right? So, it's you know, in five months, two million more copies sold. Yeah, it's just it's great to see Cyberpunk kind of like have like. It really be, is. Be able to go on a victory tour in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I still fully intend to play the game at some point in time. And I still stand by my issues with it at launch were mainly aside from technical stuff, which everyone had, were mainly with the core gameplay systems. Like I feel like it kind of lacked what I was hoping for from it. Mm-hmm. But it was still a good game. I I fully acknowledge it was still a good game at its core with potential to be great. Um yeah. so I'm happy that you know that it's doing that the game is, is having this resurgence thanks to edge runners and then all the updates and work they've been putting in to make the, to yeah. fix the game and make it, you know, what it could have and should have been at launch. So I'm happy. 20 million copies sold. Awesome. I hope that this thing, you know, that, that they return to the cyberpunk franchise sometime soon after, um after the DLC comes out after the expansion. I, I don't, I hope we don't have to wait 10 years for the next <laughs> cyberpunk game. Yeah, I, I, I really love I love Night City. Like it's a really cool place to be. Yeah. I'm looking really forward is. to going back to it with the new update and everything. 
for the fresh next gen experience get it like that because i i just know it'll feel so much better and be like i'll be able to actually feel like the world's alive as opposed to when i played it on at launch on my ps5 and like i never i tried to always walk around because when i drove around the world would be empty textures would be super low res and it would just it was just a very different experience yeah saudi arabia they uh They've been trying to get into gaming for a hot minute, and apparently they want to buy a, quote, leading game publisher for $13 billion as part of its big $37.8 billion investment into the games industry. Uh, At this time, it's unknown who they're looking at right now, but they want the publisher to, quote, become a strategic development partner, end quote. Not too many people are happy about this for very good reasons that being saudi arabia's uh human rights violations and problems and issues that they have over there uh they are many (laughs) to say the least so people are not that happy about this there was an article making the rounds yesterday from uh someone at venture beat uh because they, they said something incredibly incredibly stupid that everyone was ragging on them for uh i'm paraphrasing but they had you know they were saying like Yes, Saudi Saudi Arabia has all these human rights problems, but at least they're not burying their head in the sand when it comes to the games industry. It's just like, uh, yeah, that's the thing you should be focusing on. That's no, 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 no. Don't, don't. Why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you? That's yeah. terrible, 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 terrible. Not some, not 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 the best news here. More not so great news for Nintendo at the very least. A fired Nintendo contractor has spoken with Axios with some more details regarding the labor complaint that they filed against the company earlier this year. Um, I have not read the interview yet, just have not had a chance to read it, but I did want to bring it to people's attention. That way they could look into it if they wanted to get some more yep. information and all like that. Nintendo, do better by your employees, even if they're just contractors. Please do better. Yep. Uh, mine voice lines reveal that Mark Hamill's Joker might be coming to multiverses. Who would have thought at some point in time it's bound to happen, most likely? Oh, yeah, 100%. And last but not least, Jeff Killey's Game Awards will allow the public to attend this year. Uh, a limited amount of tickets will go on sale on November 1st at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I don't know if pricing was revealed or announced as part of this, um, but if you want to go to the Game Awards, set a, set a reminder, alarm, or your calendar for November 1st, 9 a.m. Pacific. So you could get on in on those tickets. Kieran looks like he's trying to pull up pricing information. See if uh, it exists. Yep. Does it exist, my friend? I will tell you in a second. He's going to tell me a second. I, I said it before we recorded, but I like that sweater you have on. Audio listeners can't see it. And I can like only see half of it. But I just I just like the, the visual style of it. Uh, no pricing has been announced. As That's what I think. That's what I thought. I didn't think there was like a link on the tweet where he uh, said this. So yeah, those are all of our brief mentions this week. So we're going to briefly talk about what we've been playing, or rather what I've been playing this week. Yep. Um, Karen has not played anything this week. Nope. <laughs> Haven't had time. Nope. Have not had time. Been a very busy week. Yeah. So uh, I played, I've been playing more Breath of the Wild. Of course, I have been of course, enjoying myself. I am in Gerudo Town, doing stuff there. Okay. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. Did you do that Gerudo Town when you played um, before? Yep. Okay, did you finish that whole section or not? 
I don't think I finished. I think I did the chunk of it though. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm not done with it yet. The next part I have to do. I just got the lightning helm from the the Yiga clan. Which that part, stealthing around the Yiga clan hideout, not hard, but a bit annoying, because if you got caught at any point in time, then basically the big strong guys would call in two smaller guys who are easy to kill. But the big guys one hit kill you. <laughs> so yeah. it's like like you could try to take them on, but you're gonna die basically. And if you die, you then restart at the very beginning of the Yiga Clan hideout. So like if you got to the last room, you gotta do it all again. And yep. it doesn't take long to get to that point. It's just annoying. So it took me a couple tries to get through it. Um the boss fight at the end of the Yiga Clan hideout was funny. It was a joke. It was a joke of a fight. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that like in a good way because the guy you're fighting, it's like all you really have to do is shoot your arrow at him and then like hit him a few times and then shoot your arrow and make stuff fall on him and hit him a few times. It's a super yeah. easy fight and they like it's not meant to be difficult in any way, shape, or form. Um, it was a fun one. So got the helm and I am the next thing I have to do now is go with the chief of the Gerudo town. I am blanking on her name. I feel so bad. Um, but I have to go with her now. She said, come with me so we can go, to, um, go after the Divine Beast. So that's the next thing I have to do. I will probably do that right away, or maybe I might do a bit more exploration first before I go with her. Um, but that's where I am in the game right now in Breath of the Wild. I, I've definitely been, yeah, continue to enjoy this game. Every single time I play it, I'm in finding more reasons to just find, you know, finding more reasons to like this game. It, it is a really, it's a really good game. I still not on greatest of all time, best in sliced bread list. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I feel like I'm strong, like 8.5 getting closer to a nine. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think I'll ever get to a 10 because like, I feel like for me to get to a 10 on this game, it would have to surpass Skyrim for me. And it has yet to surpass Skyrim for me in terms of just like loving it, like head over heels. But I'm really, really enjoying my time with Breath of the Wild. Been a great game. Uh, Lady Riju is the Riju. See, I I was thinking Ruja or Ruji, but I was like, I don't believe that's it. I might be mixing up Ruta with like other mixing up like Ruta with like the way her name actually works. Riju, you said. Yes, Riju. Yes, got it. Working with her. Got to do stuff with her now. So that's where I am. I may or may not put it on hold. I'm not sure because the next couple of months is about to be crazy in terms of releases. Let me tell you. We are OFK is out. I want to play that this weekend if I can. Then Plague Tale Requiem comes out October 18th. Early access for the campaign of Modern Warfare 2 is October 20th. Both the full release of Modern Warfare 2 is the 28th of October. Then God of War Ragnarok is November 9th. Okay. Yep. A whole lot of stuff happening at once. <laughs> I, I, as I said before, I want to try to get through a Playtale Requiem before Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer comes out. Modern Warfare 2's campaign will be done before then as well. It's yeah. a matter of finding time to do all those before Ragnarok, then do Ragnarok's review. And I want to play Final Fantasy 13 2. It leaves Game Pass. It's, it should be leaving Game Pass beginning of December because it joined beginning of December last year. So it should be leaving beginning of December this year. Yeah. 
I need to find time to fit it in. <laughs> and I don't like I could probably try and wait until after God of War, but I don't know how long that review will take me. I don't think it will take me too long, but that comes out November 9th. I don't know if I'll be done with that review until maybe like the 20th at the earliest, at the yeah. absolute earliest. So like that leaves me with some time, like maybe a week and a half, two weeks minimum. And 13-2, I looked it up online. It's about 28 hours long on how long to be. So okay. if I play for, you know, three about like two to three hours, Monday through Friday, I can get through a good chunk of the game in a week like that. Mm -hmm. If I dial in a bunch on a weekend, I can get through a whole lot more. It's just a matter of, Am I going to be able to fit it in the schedule like that? So I'm, I'm wondering, should I just bump it up to now? It started now, try to get it out the way before do. Play Tale. I could, but I'm in this Breath of the Wild kick. I don't want to put Breath yeah. of the Wild on hold for too long because I'm afraid if I do, when I come, I'm not going to want to come back to it. Or if I come back to it, I'm going to be a bit lost and I'm going to have to get myself back into the mood for the game. Yeah. I'm in the mood for it now. So that's my, that's my predicament that I'm in. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. I, I I don't know what I would recommend you do because both have drawbacks. I should have played Lightning. I should have played 13 2 like months ago. That's what should happen. I should Fair. have done that. That that would have solved everything. And I, I, I should have, and I thought about doing it many times over the past couple of months, and I just never did. I have no one but myself to blame for the situation that I am in. Crazy couple of months ahead of me. Yeah. Let me tell you. I think that's it, though. I think that's it for episode 78 of the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all. I would agree. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. Um, you know, check out our site, playtowingames.wordpress.com. It's home for all of our content. Check it out there. Uh, you can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Play to Win Game for updates on the show. Uh, be sure to follow over there for both of them. You know, that way you can be up to date on what's going to be happening with play to win in this new scary exciting changing future that we have ahead of us um subscribe on youtube and on podcast services leave us five star reviews give us a like and a comment and share the show on youtube and turn on notifications as well um that way you know as soon as episodes and other videos go live um you could you could find me on on social media at title Miller 2496 you know, I tweet about games, anime, movies, so on and so forth, other things I'm watching and playing and all like that. So follow me over there, talk to me and all. Um, but Kieran, I, I want to give you the the last bit of the floor here, you know, so where can people find you and what do you what do you have to say, if anything you have to say, you know, on this last episode for a bit? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. I, I tweet about some stuff occasionally. Uh, I I think I tweet I think I tweeted uh, I retweeted the video of Ryan Reynolds announcing Deadpool while like talking yes. about Deadpool three. Forgot about um, that. I I am I am yet to go back and watch the video of him and Hugh Jackman sitting down. Got it. Um, I will one. I will probably be tweeting about some house renovation stuff. Uh, I might tweet about this week's episode of The Rings of Power or well Lord of the Rings The Rings of Power because uh. That was top tier. 
I have I haven't watched the show, but from what I've heard, everyone is saying this was the episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. This was like, this was like on par with some of the Lord of the Rings movies for me. So, wow. Yeah, like it. It was real good. So yeah, might might tweet a little bit about that. Um, I'll be back at some point. You know, might might again might pop my head in a week or you know a couple of weeks. Might have might just be I might be gone till February. Who knows? But uh, like I say, I leave the show in Tyler's very capable hands, and uh, I'll I'll be back in the world of in the words of Arnie, I guess. Oh, uh, you said it. I was like Arnie. Who? Oh yeah, Arnie. <laughs> yeah. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah, be we're, back. Gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna miss you. We're gonna miss you for sure. It's gonna be different show. Different. Well, yeah, it will be a different show. <laughs> different show. Yeah. Different dynamic, different vibe. Um, but yeah, we're gonna keep it going. Gonna keep it going. Gonna keep the good times rolling. Yeah. Happy we had such a fun episode for your last one here for a bit. I know. It was a great one. Had to go out with some high energy. Yeah, exactly. Well, with all that said, thank you all so very much for watching and/or listening. And we will talk with you all next time. Have a great one. I'll see you later.